Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Friendsgiving, you get to do Thanksgiving with your friends. Um, and then Thanksgiving is when you get to do it with the people you got to tolerate, right? That's kind of how it works nowadays. And so uh, we got invited to some Friendsgiving thing tomorrow night or whatever. And it's like, well, what is that? Well, you're our friends and we want to have Thanksgiving together. We want to celebrate together. And it's like, well, don't you do that on Thanksgiving? But see, that's kind of the new norm now. So friends, uh, Friendsgiving is a, is a new thing. All right. But here we are. We have an opportunity. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Galatians chapter 5 today. And then also, you know, another thing is, and you guys kind of know my um, intolerance for uh, potlucks, but, uh, you know, a lot of potlucks happen too around this time of year where people bring stuff. And you know why they call it a potluck, right? It's because hopefully you get lucky picking the right pot. Tips. Wow. Okay. I'll be here all night, day. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to like get you laughing too hard. Anyways, I'm just teasing about all that. But our title today is, What Are You Bringing for Thanksgiving? What are you bringing for Thanksgiving? So let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, help us to understand what you're speaking to us today. Amen. All right. So the question I'm raising is not what are you bringing physically to Thanksgiving, right? The food that you're bringing, the things that you've been asked to bring. But the question is, or that what we're going to try to unpack today, what are you going to bring to Thanksgiving or to the holiday season that is spiritual? Okay? Because a lot of times we think, well, yeah, well, I got I to gotta be, I got to go to Thanksgiving. I, I don't know family situations and dynamics, but sometimes you get into family situations and dynamics, and man, sometimes it's a little rough. It's a little tough, right? And so you're like, oh, gosh, man, I just, I don't even want to go. Um, but we want to kind of look at it from a spiritual aspect about what we're bringing. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, with its passion and desires, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying, I can't envying, right? That's a really good word. Envy, envying, yes, one another, okay? I, man, sometimes it's tough for me. Toy, toy boat, you know, it just gets all mixed up. All right. So what would it mean this year if you were to show up to Thanksgiving but you came with um, spiritual fruit instead of just, you know, your normal stuff that you're supposed to bring. Because usually when you show up at someone's house for Thanksgiving, most of the time you bring something. But what it doesn't mean if you were to actually show up with spiritual fruit. With the stuff that maybe possibly many in your family or friends desperately need in this time of year. Because a lot of times we think, well, yeah, I'm just showing up. But what happens? There are people that are in our family, possibly, that have desperate needs, 
Desperate things going on inside of them spiritually. Desperate things that are going on inside of them physically. And if we just kind of show up and just kind of do our thing, then that's great. But I think God has more for us. When we get into these, these family situations, these family things, right? Because who doesn't need love? Who doesn't need joy? Who doesn't need peace, right? And you can kind of keep going down the list. And I, I recognize that for some of us, it'll be harder than others to kind of maybe pull that off. I mean, you know, um, sometimes this type of, this, this season kind of brings out maybe the, even the worst of us sometimes because of the situations that we encounter and the things that, that we experience. But see, I, I really believe that the Lord wants us to take this farther, right? Than just, hey, I'm, I'm going to Thanksgiving and I'm going to be there and I'm going to eat all this wonderful food and it's going to be great. But I think he wants us to go a little bit deeper into actually asking the Lord, where, where can I, as a believer, be giving fruit out? Now, I'm not talking about actual fruit, right? You're not going to show up with oranges and say, hey, man, I want to pass this out to you. And they're like, yeah, you're weird, right? They're just going to think that's, that's not going to work. But, but instead, it's, it's taking a look at it and saying, okay, Lord, well, what is it that I can give to those that my family members, right? Or those that are friends, when I walk into the room, when I walk into that opportunity of Thanksgiving, what can I give to them? And so what about praying about it? Instead of dreading it, I don't know how many of you have, like sometimes go, oh, we got to go there. Oh man, I don't want to go there. Oh man, it's rough. Okay. I can remember one family member that used to sometimes Thanksgiving, I remember as a kid, going, I don't want to go there. God, it's going to be so boring. There's nothing to do. It's God, right? But what if we were, instead of dreading it, we were actually to go before the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to bring? Spiritually, right? What kind of fruit do you want me to be able to give to my friends and to my family that are starving right now? That, that need something, a need and filling. So in, Gal- in this Galatians passage, Paul um, is trying to get us to, to understand that there is fruit that needs to be produced out of our life. And it's not just for Thanksgiving, it's not just for the holiday season, but it's really at all times. We should be producing this fruit. You should be able to see it. But see, the thing is, is you can't, you can't just kind of like try to create it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to help you create this fruit of the Spirit. Because sometimes we think, oh man, I, okay, if I, if I do this and I do this and I have this checklist and I put it all together, it's going to fall into place. But that's not really how it works. What works is, is when the Holy Spirit is doing a work inside of you and all of a sudden you start displaying this fruit to the people around you. And sometimes they'll recognize and go, man, what, man, there's certain things that have changed about you. There's certain things that, you know, um, um, I want to talk to you about. I want to share with you because I, I, I think yeah, I, I could really maybe gain some information or, or some wisdom um, from you. And this fruit should be kind of like the food that you look forward to when you go to Thanksgiving, right? We all kind of have that fruit, you know, the favor, or, or the favorite food. That we look forward to whenever we go to Thanksgiving, right? I can remember growing up as a kid, my favorite thing, and, and I, I call it um, stuffing, but some people call it dressing, 
right? But man, oh, as a kid, I couldn't wait to taste my grandmother's stuffing. Oh, you want to talk about off the charts? It was so good. And then I got married and my wife says even better, right? Okay, but it was off the charts, so good. And then my grandmother would also make, and this is kind of weird for Thanksgiving, but she would make this strawberry pie that was just, oh, out of this world, right? And it was so good. So there were, I was looking forward to it all the time. And now there's stuff that, you know, now that my diet's changed, unfortunately, um, there's stuff that I have to look forward to that's maybe not, as sweet or whatever, but I still look forward to it because it's something that I like. It's something that, 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 that is good. So it has to get to a point, I think, that the fruit that we have, it's got to get to the point where people say, man, you know what? I, I just need what you have, right? I just, man, I just, oh man, I couldn't wait for you to get here so that I could talk. Now, sometimes that might wear on your patience a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about that. But you know what? They need what you have, they need that, that, that fruit of the Spirit operating in, our, in, in their life. And so there ought to be peace. There ought to be wholeness when you show up to Thanksgiving or to a holiday or when family get-togethers. One writer said it this way. If someone accused you of being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? Right? Is there enough evidence to convict you? So what's some of the evidence? Fruit right? Fruit. Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 says this, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act, right? Now, if you were to look back in the context of it, it's talking about some of the, the, the Pharisees or those people who are, um, you know, really religious and things like this. But what it, it just kind of goes across the board for all of us. You can tell Who's got a relation, relationship happening with Jesus by the fruit they produce? And so you, sometimes you've got to look at it and say, well, what kind of fruit am I producing? And, and one of the things you've got to realize is that fruit is a really big deal in the Word. It's really a big deal. Because, right, fruit isn't for fruit. Fruit is for other people. Think about that. Fruit isn't for fruit. Fruit is for other people, right? The orange isn't for itself, right? Okay, it isn't for itself. A banana isn't for itself. Grapes isn't for itself, right? It doesn't feed off itself, okay? But the thing is, is that it actually is for other consumption, for other people, Right? One preacher said, the only way fruit begins to eat of itself is when it gets rotten. So, meaning then, if you're consumed with yourself, then maybe your fruit has gone rotten. If you're just con consumed about yourself, it's all about you, nothing else, then you know what? Maybe that fruit, that fruit of the Spirit that God is trying to produce in you and out of you, has gotten rotten. To the point where it's unedible for anybody to grab a hold of. So that's a challenge for us to get to look at that and say, man, am I, am I self-seeking? Am I self just, you know, kind of all about myself? Or am I actually going to distribute fruit out to people around me? Because fruit is for other people. And so God wants us to do something, right? That we can bring to Thanksgiving that has joy, that has peace, that has love, that has kindness, Okay? And what if your assignment was this holiday season was not to just bring that dessert 
Not to just bring that turkey, not to just bring that stuffing, but man, it was actually to bring the fruit of the Spirit to your family, to your, to your loved ones, right? And you know what? You might say, well, man, my family's not in disarray. We all get along. We just, you know, it's all rainbows and lollipops, Pastor Scott. It's beautiful. But you know what? Every person deep down inside has something going on to the point where, you know what? The fruit that, that the Holy Spirit wants to produce out of you is something they need. Right? It's something you need. They might not even know it. But you have something that, that they need. Okay? So, again, I just want to make this, this is a metaphor spiritually, okay? This is not you bringing fruit and passing it out to, you know, like, can you imagine if you came, oh, I was supposed to bring the turkey, but you know what? Today I'm bringing fruit. I got, I brought some mangoes and kiwis and, you know, I don't think your family probably roll with that really well, would they? They'd be like, you know what? You're, uh, okay? But, but understand, this is spiritually speaking, okay? So I'm going to give you three things, right? And these three things, I, I, I just want you to, to think about because we shouldn't walk into Thanksgiving. We shouldn't walk into these holiday seasons because of who we are and our relationship with Christ. We shouldn't walk in with drama, right? We shouldn't walk in with an attitude or oversensitivity, okay? Or even just like conflict regarding stuff. Like you just know, oh, this is going to be conflict. I just know this is going to happen because, man, I, I just don't mix with, you know, Uncle Fred or Ted or whatever. I just don't make, man, it's going to be conflict. But what if, what if you were able to say, wait, 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 I'm not going to walk in that way to Thanksgiving. I'm not going to walk into holiday season being ready for a conflict. No, I'm going to walk in ready to give some fruit out, ready to distribute this fruit out. Okay. So let me give you three things to think about or consider as you prepare to bring fruit into your holiday season. Okay. The very first thing we need to know about fruit, it's visible. Fruit is visible, right? We ought to see it in and out of your life. It should be coming out. The word fruit from the Greek is karpos, which describes the fruit of plant, the fruit of trees, or the fruit of one's body. But regardless of whatever it is, all fruit is produced from some kind of seed. Would you agree? Yeah, it's produced by some kind of seed. And if there is no seed, what happens? There is no fruit. So the good news is, though, that the moment that we receive Jesus as our Savior, right? God sowed his spirit and his word into our heart as seed. And you were spiritually born again. And now you have this incorruptible seed. That's what the scripture says. We'll read kind of that in a minute. But you were born again by this incorruptible seed of God's word. With the Holy Spirit working with you. Okay. First Peter 1.23 says this. For through the eternal and living word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed but will live and grow inside of you forever, right? That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants to work in you, right? So in other words, God's seed inside you began to immediately produce 
God's character in you. It should have, right? If you allow it to, because sometimes we, we don't want it to. But see, the minute that, that God's seed came in, we began to produce God in us, right? And so the kind of seed always determines the outcome of the fruit. Therefore, right, you should expect to yield the fruit of the Spirit. You should expect to be able to walk in these nine things in, in, in your life. And, and, and really, it's not some abstract deal, kind of, well, it's just out there. No, it's actually the fact that God has, has designed these things, not because, you know, he wants you to just consume it and be, you know, loving to yourself and patient with yourself and all those things. No, he wants you to be able to give this fruit out to other people that impacts their life, right? And so, let's read Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 8 through 9. Because it's very tangible, this fruit. It says this. Again, this is in the Passion Translation. Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, right? Mission impossible, get it? Yeah, anyways. Okay. And this won't smoke and blow up in a, in a minute either. Say, your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. That's your mission. It says, and the supernatural fruits of his life, the supernatural fruits of the Spirit, will be seen in you. And then it says, goodness, righteousness, and truth. So, we're going to go, go through these nine pretty quickly, all right? I'm going to probably expand a little bit on the front side and then kind of on the other. But I think it's important for us to just recognize how, what, are we, how, what are we bringing to Thanksgiving? What are, what are we actually going to bring? So the first one is, is, is love. We got to bring Thanksgiving love, right? That word agape, we usually think of agape as God's love for us, his unconditional love for, for all of us. But here Paul's saying, you know what? As you spend time with God, and God spends time with you, out of this time will flow unconditional love for others. Right? So that you can walk into this Thanksgiving, and maybe there's somebody that you just know that, man, yeah, I, I ain't into that person too much. Yet because you've been spending time with God, you're like, okay, I'm ready, man. I'm going I'm to show some love. Even if they are not very lovely or lovable, you're still going to show that, right? Now, we have some people that are in our families that are very lovable, right? Everybody loves their mama, right? You don't mess with mama, right? Man, if you say something about mama, man, we're right there. So there's lovable people that are very easy to love, but then there's also those that are not very easy to love. But see, we're supposed to be bringing that with us to Thanksgiving, Right? And if, you, and if you want to kind of look at it a little bit deeper, it's the fact that, you know what, this is also kind of talking about the fact that, you know what, you're supposed to love your enemies. You're supposed to love those family members that aren't very lovable. And, and I, I heard this one time, that if you really want to, to see how much love you got going in your life and coming out of your life, then match it up, put it behind when you, when you encounter your enemies or those who are unlovable. See, like if you, if you um, ever have gone to a um, jeweler, 
right? Or somewhere where you see jewelry. What do they always put the jewelry on? A nice black velvet or blue velvet thing. Why did they do that? So it stands out more. So you can see it more. Well, it's kind of the same principle. If you want to see where your love tank is and how well you're loving people, then you know what? Start loving your enemies. And if you can't love them, then man, you know what? I'm just going to say your love tank is pretty low. And you're not really experiencing all that God has for you in your relationship because you know what? Love should be flowing out of you because it's it's a gift, right? It's a gift, but it should be tangibly flowing out of us. John chapter 13 verse 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you. This is Jesus talking. That you love one another as I have loved you. Right? All of us probably were unlovable at one point. If you were to look at it. Because we were walking in our sin. We were walking in just, just the dirtiness of who we were. But yet, that didn't stop Jesus from still dying on the cross for us. That didn't stop God from still loving us right? And so he said, I have, um, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That means you love, you know, cranky old Uncle Tim or Joe or whoever, or, you know, that person, grandma or whoever that just gets under your skin. That means, you know what, you just love them, okay? So this is going to be a little interactive. So turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you taking love to Thanksgiving? Ready, go. Okay, all right, just a challenge. The next one is joy, okay? Now, this joy is not based on earthly things. It's not a joy based on everything going well, right? My bills are paid, everything's great. Oh, man, now I can have joy. No, you're supposed to bring joy into the situation as well because you know what? You know that even if there's a storm, even if rain is coming down, even if there's sunshines, even if there's valley or mountaintops, you know what? As long as Jesus is king, he's going to take care of everything. And you know, I can then walk in abundance of joy. But that's about relationship. You got to have relationship with him to know that, you know what? He said, I will take care of every detail. I will be there. Even in the midst of when sometimes it's tough and it's hard and it's the valley and you feel like, oh my gosh, this is just not working really well. He said, you, will you trust me enough to take care of it? So when we walk in to these opportunities with other people, man, we should have joy. Even if our world is falling apart. Why? Because he's still on the throne, right? Is he still on the throne of our heart? Is he still there? Because you know what? We all go through circumstances that are just jacked up, right? Some of us just have, it feels like it's more so than others. But we all go through it. But it's how we walk through it. And so when we get to, you know, our opportunity to be with family and friends, man, let's walk in with joy. Saying, you know what? I, yeah. You heard about that? Yeah, it's a mess. I don't even know where I'm going with this thing yet. But I do know that my faith is in Jesus. And he's my rock. He's my fortress. And you know what? I'm drawing my strength from there. The Bible says that the joy of your, of your strength, the joy of your strength, right? Here, I'm just going to read this. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I got it all mixed up in my head. Right? But see... 
you draw strength from having joy, knowing that he is Lord. He is king of kings, right? And so even if you feel weary and weak, you have to realize that your strength comes from your joy in the Lord. It's just going to have to, right? And you want to be able to produce that. You want to be able to give that to other people. This is what Romans chapter 15, 13 says, right? Sometimes we just got to be thankful for where we are. That's tough sometimes because not everything's great, right? But you know what? You got up this morning. You had oxygen to breathe, right? I mean, think about it. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Right? So that means, you know what? If you keep this relationship connected and going and, and you walk in, man, you're going to radiate joy. Man, how can you be so joyful? Oh, because you know what? I, I, I'm out of control on this. I, I, I can't do anything about it. But I have a, a God that I serve. I have a Savior that loves me. And he is going to take care of every detail. Right? We can bring that into our time with our family. Into our holiday seasons, right? So, again, ask your neighbor. Are you taking joy to Thanksgiving? Man, some of this is kind of weak. You guys got to be a little more exuberant, Right? Kids ministry used to call that, don't bring the weak sauce. Man, let's go. Let's bring everything. Okay, the next one is peace, right? Now, that's the word shalom. It's the idea of wholeness and nothing missing, okay? One theologian said it, peace is knowing that God is on the throne. That's peace. And if you know he's on the throne, then you shouldn't live with the absence of peace. If he truly is, the God he's, you say he is to you, then you know what? You shouldn't live with the absence of peace. You should know that he is on the throne and that, you know what? He takes care of his own, right? The Bible says all things work together for good. doesn't mean that all things are good, right? Right off the bat, but all things work together for his good. To him, they were called according to his purpose. Well, all of us are called, if we're children of God, according to his purpose. And so he said he would take care of it, okay? So, if we believe that God is on the throne, I'm just going to say it. He shouldn't have to witness. God shouldn't have to witness our anxiety, our freaking out, our overwhelm. Oh my gosh, right? He shouldn't have to witness that. He should be like, come on, where is it? You say it, but how come you ain't living it, right? Because we're a son and daughter. And so since he's on the throne, you know what? He is going to work it out for you. So when you enter in and you walk in, right, to this season of peace, or, or when you get into this, 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 your Thanksgiving, and yeah, again, just like joy, maybe things aren't great, perfect, but you know what? You have a peace about you because you know he's going to work on your behalf. And you, you just share it. Hey, I know, yeah, man, it, it, it's bad. It looks really bad right now, but you know what? I have such a peace because I'm trusting God. I'm trusting in him that he's going to be able to take care of that. Instead of, you know, just getting all freaked out and worried and, oh my God, this is all going to crash. Right? Now, we can have those moments. God's okay with those moments. But he doesn't want us to live there. Right? He doesn't want us to just be there. Right? But let, let's, let's let peace translate over to our families. 
and to our friends in these, the, the holiday season. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 14 says, Pursue peace with everyone, as well as holiness, which, without which no one will see the Lord. But we're supposed to pursue peace. We're supposed to pursue peace with everyone. Every single situation. All right, so turn to your neighbor. Are you bringing peace to Thanksgiving? It keeps getting weaker and weaker. What is up with this, man? I thought by now you'd be like, yeah, I'm bringing peace. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that loud anyways. All right, patience. Okay, this is the one that nobody likes, right? Nobody likes this because we already know the answer to our prayer for patience. God's going to give you patience, right? He's going he's gonna, to maybe, you're going to have to wait a little bit for things to happen, right? So we don't really pray, oh, Lord, give me patience. Other than the fact that maybe if we're in line at Walmart or whatever or something and somebody just out of their mind like, come on, right? We go, oh, Lord, give me patience. So do you really want that? You're all, well, just for a second, Till this person moves and gets out of the line, right? Because you're like, what's up with Walmart? They don't even have enough checkers anymore, right? And so then it's like backed up for like long lines. And then you got to go through the, the self-checkout. And then you're waiting. Like, man, the line I was in kind of went around the corner. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then you got all these Walmart employees just walking around, not doing anything. But you can't open a register. Okay, I'm getting in the flesh. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> But are you feeling me? Right? Isn't that true? It's like, oh my gosh, come on. Like, what are you guys getting paid for? Anyways, okay. All right. Patience, right? Patience is a fruit, okay? And here's the thing. There is no such thing as the microwave anointing, okay? No such thing as the microwave anointing, right? We so often try to microwave ourselves through a season, Right? Just get me through really quick, God, because I just want to get through it really quick. But see, here's the deal. God's more into the crockpot anointing where he likes it to simmer and take a little bit of time, right? And everybody knows that crockpot food tastes a whole lot better than microwave food. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. And then also when you walk in and you smell the aroma of the crockpot food and you're like, ooh, Man, this is going to taste good. At least, you know, that's what you're thinking. But man, it's so much better because microwave food is just rubbery and just, nah, I don't know. But man, when the crock pot's on, oh. but see, we have to understand that sometimes God wants us to have a crock pot experience of patience where he's working something out in your heart. He's working something out in your life to the point where you all of a sudden are becoming more and more tender to what he's trying to say and what he's trying to lead you to. But see, we, we just can't get into this microwave anointing of patience. We've got to say, okay, so I'm going to be patient. I'm going to, like last week we talked about it, enduring, right? All the way through the process of this covenant that we have with him. But you know what? We have to get to that point where, you know, we're, we're allowing the crockpot anointing to be working in our life. So that even when we are with our family, you know, having patience, we might have to have a crockpot anointing with some of your relatives, right? Because they just might try your patience. Like, ah, right? You have some of the, I, I, I know I do, right? That you're just like, you want to pull your hair out and go like, man, what, what is your deal? Oh my gosh. But see, God's like, no, crockpot it. <sighs> That's tough. 
sometimes, right? It's tough. Don't try to microwave it. Crockpot it. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another. Man, just think about that. I, like I said, I don't know your, your, your family dynamics or when you get together, but think about that. He wants you to always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially those toward those who may try your patience. Ouch, right? Because you might encounter in families that you have those who try your patience sometimes. And that's when you go, all right, is this a crockpot moment for me? And if it is, then stick with it, right? So again, ask your neighbor, are you bringing patience to Thanksgiving? <laughs> okay. All right. Now, next I'm going to do this. Yeah, some of you are like, all right, yeah, I better step up my game a little bit. Pastor Scott's going like, what? Okay. So next I'm going to put together kindness and goodness, okay, together, because they could be translated as the same, but they have slightly different nuances to them, okay? When you think about kindness, you could say kind of, you know, sweetness, right? Uh, a sweetness of disposition to show favor. This is how the, the Spirit-filled Bible says it. It says the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patience. Let me, let me say it again. The ability to act on the welfare of those taxing your patience. So those who are really getting on your nerves and you got to have patience in the crockpot patient, you're going like, oh, what can I do for you? How can I love you well? All the time, I know you're back at your car. Come on, God. No, no, you need to do it, right? And then goodness, right, is to do what is good even though it may cause disruption or discomfort. Okay? So we are going, we're going to put both, you got to bring both of these to the table. And because it may be something good for you, but it may not be good to you, right? Because you're dealing with people that maybe get on your nerves, but yet you still got to display this, even though you might not be reciprocated back with joy or with kindness or with happiness, right? But it's for your good. It's for their good. Okay, like, like for an example, if you got a kid, um, so if you got a kid and you got to wake them up in the morning for school, right? And so you go in there and you basically wake them up, okay? And are you disrupting them? According to them, yes, right? According to them, you're disrupting them, but at the same time, you're realizing and recognizing, oh no, I need you to get up because I don't want you to funk and then be living at my house forever, <laughs> right? Is that true? Yeah? Like Ezra, man, he, he's one of those guys that likes to sleep sometimes, and they, but here, here's the deal, which I never get. Maybe some kids can answer this for me at some point. How is it that a kid who has to go to school does not want to get up and are lazy and whatever, but you get to a Saturday and they're up at 6.30? watching TV or playing it, whatever. And you're like, why don't you sleep in? <laughs> oh, I'm not tired. Well, why are you only tired on Monday through Friday? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, right? But here it is. We're disrupting him. He gets mad. I see. I can't read his thought bubbles, right? But he, he kind of has that, that frustration or whatever. But then the kindness part comes in. Okay, so it's kind of discomforting for me and for him because I, I know he's mad. He's totally ticked off. You know, when they're like walking around going, <sighs> 
jeez. You know, and just kind of stumbling around. But the, here's the good part is Heather makes him breakfast. So he gets up and he's got this nice breakfast waiting for him. That's when the kindness kicks in, right? And so he's got this, this nice breakfast going and everything like that. And it's like, well, man, see, son, there's this goodness and kindness thing working. Or yeah, it might disrupt sometimes, but you know what? The fact is, is that, you know what? You need to go to school and you need to get out of my house when it's time, right? So, gotta love that, huh? Gotta love that. All right, so let me give you a scripture that kind of goes with this, right? Oh, and let me, let me say this, because in that kindness and goodness, you know, in your family situation or, or Thanksgiving or your holiday season, you might have to speak the truth in love. Right? And it's for that person's good, but it may cause some discomfort to them and to you because they might not receive it. But see, you have to be open and willing to hear the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit has to say and be led, led by that. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 says, For a true servant of our Lord Jesus will not be argumentative, but gentle toward all. Right? So, man, when, when all of a sudden your flesh starts to rise up, you've got to like, oh, wait, 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 I can't be argumentative. I've got to show kindness. I've got to show goodness. And I might say something that might rub you the wrong way, but too bad, so sad. Because I, I, I've, I'm, I'm trying to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so say it loud, say it proud. Uh, ask your neighbor, are you bringing kindness and goodness to Thanksgiving? Okay, man, that sounded good. You know what? Because you realize, like on the podcast, if, if they record this, then you know what? They're just, the other ones are hearing this little tiny thing, and they're like, man, is anybody out there? But that one, I think that everyone knows you're here, okay? Now, faithfulness means to be trustworthy. Someone may need a safe place to share their burdens during your family gathering, right? Can you be trustworthy to hold it? And pray for them. Can you be, right? Proverbs eleven thirteen says, you can't trust gossipers. Can I get an amen with that? Right? You can't trust gossiper, gossiper, blah, 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 blah. gossipers with a secret. They just go blab it all. Yep. But your confidence instead in a trusted friend, for he will be faithful to keep it in confidence. Are you faithful when somebody comes to you in your family gatherings and you can display that fruit of the Spirit and say, yeah, man, it sticks with me. It stays right here. And I will be praying for you. And I'll help you. I'll be available, whatever it is you need. Okay? So, again, ask your neighbor, are you bringing faithfulness to Thanksgiving? Are you bringing faithfulness to Thanksgiving? Awesome. Next one is gentleness, right? Be considerate of others. Consider others over yourself. Remember, it's not all about you. Right? If it's all about you, then you know what? You're eating your fruit. The fruit is spoiling. Okay? So it's not about you yourself. All right? Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions. Right? Don't we all like to give opinions sometimes? Well, let me just tell you what I think about this. Okay? But it says, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Okay? So we should be in unity with our family, even though they've got rough spots and all these things and everything. 
right? It says, don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourself. That's not an easy thing to do sometimes. But see, if the fruit of the Spirit is working through you, it should be easy. It says, abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Woo! Right? So B, that's gentleness. Man, what, what, what's going on? What's your, you know, the concern for others. So, ask your neighbor. You're like, when is this going to end? Are you bringing gentleness to Thanksgiving? All right, man. This is, we're on the last one for the number nine, right? So we only got one more time to do that, right? The last one is self-control or meekness. Basically meaning, you know what? Be God-controlled. You're more tempered, right? You're more, um, you know, mannered or not out of control of, of yourself. So if, you know, family or friends say something that you just know is out of line, you don't all of a sudden rise up and then you just go bonkers on them. That's what it means. You be self-controlled. You're like, <laughs> right? You may have to walk away for a minute and then, you know, look at one of your loved ones and go, right? But you're self-controlled. And then you turn back around and go, man, I love you. You're cray-cray, but I love you, Right? I mean, that's just kind of how it is sometimes. Okay? So ask your neighbor. Oh, I didn't even finish. I didn't even read the scripture. There you go. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man without self-control. Okay? If you have, don't have self-control and you just fly off the handle at any little tiny thing, is like a city broken into and left without walls. Left without walls. Like, it's just chaos all over, man. You just blah. And then everyone's trying to pick up the pieces from it. Be self-controlled. Right? Okay, last one. Ask your neighbor, are you taking self-control to Thanksgiving? Are you taking self-control Man, you guys are doing so good. So good. All right. So now you got to realize this. Okay? This is not, these gifts, these, these fruits of the Spirit are not a la carte. You don't get to pick the ones you like and only take those. To Thanksgiving. You got to take them all. Right? So all of these need to be something we need to work on. In our time together with family. Our time together with other people. In, the, in this holiday season. It's something that we've got to work on. Right? Because you know what? You can't work and try really hard at, at the fruit. You got to let the Holy Spirit work it out in you. But see that, that's all based on that relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit. It's all about that. It's about you getting with the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit will give you the capacity to love. He'll give you the capacity to have joy. He'll give you the capacity to have patience and goodness and kindness and self-control. All of those things. He'll give you the capacity to do it. But see, we can't love our enemies in our own strength, can we? We're not wired that way. We can't do it on our own. This is what Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 says. However, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you. 
by praying for them, right? And so I'm not saying that, you know, one of your family members hates you, but, you know, you just, sometimes you got family members just, you know, ah. Uh, but you know what? The Holy Spirit will give you the capacity to love them, right? I mean, you think about it, and let's just take it to the enemy, right? It's kind of an oxymoron, you think, in a sense. Because, you know, here he is, he said, love them. But man, they're my enemy for a reason, right? I mean, that's why they're in my enemy. There's a reason behind that, God. But he says, it don't matter. I still want you to love them. I want you to show this love towards them. So again, like I said, the Holy Spirit will give you this divine enablement and divine capacity to love those who are extremely unlovable. But you can do it because that's what's working in your life. And then let me give you the last part. Number three. Right? Did I give you number two? Oh, I'm sorry, man. I just bypassed. I blew it away. They are fruit of the Spirit. Right? They are fruit of the Spirit. Sorry about that. And then number three, you got to walk in the Spirit. Okay? You got to walk in the Spirit. It's the idea that it's not going, right? It, it doesn't come externally. It's going to come from a not from a to-do list. Um, and really, see, I, I'm not even trying to get you to the point where, you know, hey, do this, and, you know, I want you to do this. What I want you to do is get to a place where you're spending time with God, right? You're spending time in, 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 a, in, a, in a place with God so that God's working in and through you so that his presence in you will naturally let you be in step with him, right? This is what Galatians 5.25 says. It says, if we live by the Spirit... Okay, that means being constantly connected to him. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Now, the idea here in, in, in the Greek is a soldier marching in a row or soldiers marching in a row. Have you ever seen those times where, you know, soldiers are, are walking and the legs are perfectly in alignment and perfectly right, you know, and all like, I, I, don't, I don't know. How many of you are in, were in band when you were in high school or middle school or something like that? Okay, marching band, right? Marching band? Okay, cool. So you know, right, if you ever go do a, a, a marching band parade or whatever, and they got judges and they're going to judge, they're looking for the feet to hit at the same time. They're looking for body movement, posture. They're looking for all of those things, aren't they? Right? And so you're trying to follow the drum major, and the drum major's, you know, doing the, you know, whatever. And, and you're trying to walk and have this be synchronized all together. Okay. And that's how this, this is what it means when it says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That we are to be in synchronization with the Spirit. We are to be walking in step with the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't happen naturally, does it? No, not at all. Because our flesh wants to go a completely different direction sometimes, right? But see, the, the thing we have to understand is we can't just visit God we got to dwell with God, right? we got to dwell with God. Not just visit him, because sometimes we like to visit him. Okay, God, I'm giving you my, my, my Sunday morning. I'm at church. Cool. Got it. Boom. Bang. Good. Right? That's kind of just visiting God. But see, you got to have a time where you're dwelling with God daily. You're actually like, you know, um, being in this point where, you know, you're, you're just allowing God's presence in the Holy Spirit to kind of just, lack of a better word, saturate your life to where you're just like, oh my gosh, man, this is, I'm, I'm going to be in sync now 
with what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do, right? And so when we get into situations in our family, then you know what? We're able to be, um, we are able to look for the Holy Spirit first. That's what I'm trying to get at, right? And we're like, okay, what should I say? What should I do, right? And, and we're looking for his thoughts, because in our thoughts, our brains will automatically go to, man, fight or flight, right? Fight, man, I'm going to fight this out, or I'm going to, you know, hey, run. When he says, no, 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 I want one of the gifts to come out right now. I want you to walk in love towards this person. I want you to walk in patience towards this person. I want you to do this right now. But see, that's getting us to the point where, you know what, we actually are, are in line, right? In line with the Holy Spirit. So you want to show up in your gathering, and then you're already ready to be in line with the Holy Spirit, okay? But see, you got to follow him. When he moves, you move, right? Um, so you guys have all heard that song, Cotton Eye Joe, before, right? And there's a dance to Cotton Eye Joe, okay? Now, I'll just tell you right now, I can't dance, right? But if I, I'm going to have my wife come up. You're gonna, you, we're going to play Cotton Eye Joe, and you're going to dance, okay? Right? Can you do that? Surprise! <laughs> but, but see, there's a, there's a premise to this, okay? Because I can't dance where the hill of beans, right? But anytime we go to a wedding and there's dancing going on, you know my wife is going to be involved. And then also my kids are going to be involved. But I'm the guy that's always sitting at the table going, yeah, they look great. This is awesome. <laughs> because I, I can't do all these moves, right? But see... If we were to play the song, and if she were to start to do the moves, how am I going to learn it? By watching her, right? By mimicking her. By going like, oh, this is, all right. Should we try it? Because I'll butcher it. I know I will. Because I'm really lame. Can we play it? I hope this is the right one. It's not the X-rated version, right? I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Okay. Where did you come from? So, Forget it. Okay. Oh, we have Okay. All right. I'm, okay. Make it simple. See, I'm like, wait. I'm trying. Yeah, but I'm like, I got that. Okay. okay. Anyway. So you get the point, right? You get the point. In order for me to, to even try, which was really bad, and that was free. I embarrassed myself for free because I can't dance worth beans. Um, I had to, to watch her. I had to watch her moves. I had to move when she moved. I had to make sure that I am following her, right? Now, you could be like me right now and say, well, man, I'm not really good at watching or moving with the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? That doesn't matter. At some point, I think I'm going to get the dance. I hope, right? I'm going to understand how, how to do that. But see, we've got to understand that we've got to watch and be focused on what the Holy Spirit's doing and be able to kind of at times in our, our family gatherings go, you know what, Lord, um, I'm sensing something here that you, you, you want me to be engaged in. I don't, I don't know what it is yet. But, but if I can bring something to this, let me know. And he says, yeah. All I want you to do is go love uncle whoever a little bit. Really? That's it? Yeah, I want you to do that. 
You're all, yeah, but you know what? I know I don't think he likes me. No, 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 just go do it. And then you just go up and you just start talking. Hey, how you doing? What, what's going on? You know, da 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 engaging in conversation. And who knows where the Holy Spirit will take it. But see, you got to be focused on that. Right? Be open and allow him to actually speak to your heart. To say, okay, I'm bringing something different to my, 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 my Thanksgiving, to my holiday season. And I'm going to be open to what the Holy Spirit would have to say. Right? So, when the Holy Spirit moves in love, what do you do? Move in love. When the Holy Spirit moves in peace, what do you do? You move in peace. When the Holy Spirit moves in joy, what do you do? You move in joy, right? All of these things, we've got to get to the point where, man, we are moving as the Holy Spirit moves. But see, that all comes down to relationship, right? It all comes down to relationship, with the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, you know what, get before the Lord if you can, before you go to Thanksgiving and just say, hey man, I'm open to the fruits coming out of my life this Thanksgiving. And if there's something that, that you want me to move with, because you want to move, then, then just move with it. And, and it, let me see, it's don't, don't feel like you've got to produce it. Oh, I got to produce love. No, just let it come naturally. I got to produce joy. Oh, look, I'm so happy. Yay. No. But just let it come out naturally because you have this relationship going with the Lord. Very simple. And so I just wanted to encourage you. This just kind of felt like what I wanted to share today was just the fact that, you know what? When you walk into this holiday season, when you walk into your Thanksgiving, think about the opportunities to show the fruit of the Spirit to those in your families, to those that you're in relationship with. Because you know what? You're carrying something that they may need. And don't walk away just like, oh, yep. And, and I'm going to tell you this. Even if you get to your family gatherings and those situations, right? And you don't feel the Holy Spirit moving you into any of those, don't walk away ashamed. Don't think, oh, man, I totally missed that. Oh, God, I can't believe it. No, the key is, is before you go. That's the key. It's for you to connect and ask. Holy Spirit, I am open to show the fruits of the Spirit. Help me to hear or feel the move when you're moving so I can be there. But if you walk away and you don't feel anything, don't be ashamed because you did the first part. The rest is up to, up to the Holy Spirit. The rest is up to God. But as long as you do the first part, man, he's well pleased. He's like, yeah, they're getting it. Yeah, this is great. This is awesome. And then if he sees fit, he'll do it, right? So don't, don't feel any pressure about it. But I want you just to, to make sure that, you know what? You're sensing what the Holy Spirit's doing and you're moving with him. Just be sensitive to that. Move with him. Focus, right? Look, just like he's dancing the cotton-eyed Joe, which he's not, but you know what I mean. And, and you're, you're going along with it, Okay. So I hope you were blessed by the word and I just wanted to encourage you with that word. So I'll be Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.